Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast, brought to you by Twisted Tea. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What's up, yo, Tennessee Hobart? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Man, so I spilled the beans. We, You know, I was kind of going to save this till we actually did it, but... We had that big platform, Shane. I was back on the Paul Feinbaum show if anybody yeah. missed it. But uh, I used that opportunity for anybody that, again, that missed it. It's it's on our feed. It's on our YouTube. You can go check it out. Really fun conversation with Paul. But, hey, I'm moving. I'm moving in to Cousin Shane, the other side of his yeah, house. So absolutely. There's no excuse for Shane to, to never show, in, <laughs> show up or call in sick or anything. But really just doing it, Shane, for the sole purpose of trying to do everything in our power to make the show better. And, hey, we're going to be able to watch football every game that uh, w- when you're not working, but w- we're going to be together for every show or as much as we possibly can. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I have too, man. I, I have too. And, and like you said, it's it's like a football sanctuary we're going to create. You know, <laughs> just go in there, walk in. I can I, I can come in there. We can watch the college football. We can have live reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's just better because sometimes we try to coordinate things, and then you got technology, and you know Shane's not too good at that shit. So, <laughs> what better thing than just remove it from his hands altogether and have him come over there and rock and roll? So I'm excited, man because uh, it's the next chapter brother we're going live baby we're going to be we're going to be in the same studio there and uh uh when we do these live shows answering questions and stuff i'm just pumped up man i've just i can't get enough of it and this is just icing on the cake mike right and hey uh you know we probably have not mentioned this enough shane but don't forget to the audience we're starting up weekly live shows the the, the live shows are so much fun we're going to be doing them Every Sunday, all throughout football, but we're starting this Sunday just to get everybody in the habit, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 Central, and if you can't make it, even it's on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all all that stuff, if you can't make it, we won't hold it against you, Shay, we still, still the podcast is going to be, however you consume it, it's going to be there as soon as we get done live, so you're not missing out, but you will miss out on an opportunity to to watch it live and see all the screw-ups we have and interact with us <laughs> and comment, and, and so I, I'm really looking forward to it. Me too, man. I, I obviously live it makes me a little nervous, you know, because I, I do make I do mess up a lot, and uh, this one we're just gonna have to keep rolling. I, I I love blooper reels, you know, and sometimes we include those on the show, so you don't know what you're gonna get with a live that SEC podcast. But I, I'm really looking forward to it, and um, be there, be there, six o'clock. Uh, get your notifications sent on uh, with with YouTube. You'll be notified as soon as we go live. Mm-hmm. And, and for those that can't make it, I mean. I mean, it's still going to come out Monday morning. So on your ride to work or, or if you're at your job and you're just hating life because Mondays suck, you can always flip on that <laughs> SEC podcast and you can catch us there. So uh, we will ke- continue the audio version as well. Yeah, that's the important part, Shane. Nothing's changing. If you're just, no. a, just an audio podcast listener, we're just trying to do something a little bit extra for the video people because that's blowing up and we want to say our thanks and just, just trying to do something a little bit different. And, and like we said, before long – We'll be in the same room doing it live, so <laughs> I know. it'll be yeah, even see, better. 
That's what it is. Some people are just like, damn, Shane's so good looking. I've got to watch him on YouTube. You know, I enjoy the audio version. You know, I thought he had a radio voice until I saw that angelic face, and I want to get all I can. So catch us out on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. That SEC podcast, and we're going to have all kinds of cool shit. Now that we're next to each other, Mike, uh, literally, you never know what's going what's gonna to pop up on your feed. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of that, Shane, what popped up on my Netflix feed, I wanted to ask you about this real quick because everybody's talking about it. The Johnny Manziel documentary. I know you got a chance to watch it. I watched it last night and, um, hey, I loved it. I I love the fact that Johnny was, uh, you know, there was he was a complete open book. He talked about everything about, you know, trials and, and tribulations and and drug use and crazy drinking, not studying a playbook. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it was a wild, wild story that, uh, you know, I, the only problem was, I think it was like an hour and a half long, something like that. It could have been three hours. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I wanted, a, I wanted more. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Mike. I think it was like an hour and 10 minutes. That, and it was amazing that they were able to fit so much content in that time. It's almost like an episode of that SEC podcast. But, <laughs> brother, I'm going to tell you, it, it, the I think the best part, people can't, because I've talked to a lot of people about this. The biggest thing I took away from it is thank God he's still around, man. You know, yeah. Johnny, Johnny hit rock bottom there. And, and you know, we. We 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 enjoyed the story, you know. We enjoyed Johnny football. We enjoyed the the NFL. We made fun of him when he didn't make it, you know. It's like sometimes you forget these are people too, and and uh, you know. The, I think the the best part is. You know, I think he's in a good spot, man. And, and Johnny's not – It's he hasn't written his last chapter. You know what I'm saying? This book right. that he's in, I, I think we're going to get some more some more good stuff out of, out of Johnny when it's all said and done. But, yeah, fantastic, fantastic piece there and uh, kind of blows your mind on, on the – I mean, you talk about 100 miles an hour in the fast lane. That was Johnny football for about five years, brother, and and the mm-hmm. hammer down. It, it unreal, and like I said, the what I got from it was uh, I'm just glad he's still here, brother. Anything specifically stand out to you, Shane? I mean, there's so many stories, so many wild tales, but to me, yeah, you know, I couldn't believe, and, and maybe I maybe we should have known it all along because the way he played on the football field, particularly I'm, I'm talking about at Texas A&M, he was just. It looked like classic playground football. Like, yeah. you know, it was just freewheeling and, and letting loose, and it worked for him. And, and he was very open. He, hey, he didn't study. <laughs> his, yeah. his best friend said, I never seen the guy look at a playbook. And I think you could look at that and say a lot of wasted potential because had he studied the playbook, had he been all in on being a quarterback, he probably could have done it at the NFL level. I, I certainly think that doomed him there. But to me, Shane, it's almost like, man, that that just makes it even more wild that this guy was able to go here, Texas A&M, he's smaller than than everybody, and he's just out there making plays and and just whooping ass. I mean, historically good as a freshman, first freshman to ever win the Heisman Trophy, and the fact that he was not even – that dedicated to it. I mean, he it he certainly loved football, but yeah. he loved life outside of football. Uh, it's just wild to me. It blows my mind, Shane. It reminds me of me in college because I didn't give a damn about anything except having a good time too. Yet, <laughs> if I was on the football team, I mean, I would have been the the very, very, very last man on the on the roster because of all the shenanigans I did. Yet, this guy was not only the best player 
in on his team. He was the best player in college football. Mike, and he was such a joy to watch. You know, you just never knew what I think. I think that's the problem sometimes. Sometimes these guys get too scripted and, and, and say what you want. Like if you're looking at attributes for Johnny Manziel, if there was one for playing football, he's a 99. Because forget all the other stuff. Forget retaining a playbook and learning the audibles and watching film study. That wasn't that wasn't him. But when the lights came on, some people just have it. You know what I'm saying? Some people just yeah. have that God-gifting ability to to just take it to the next level, and that's what he did times 10. So, yes, could he have been better if he studied more, if he stayed away from the drugs? I guarantee it, Mike. But, again, looking back, this is a quarterback that changed the direction of that program. I, one thing they squeezed in, I mean, you got to remember, there was stadium remodels after this. The, the Texas yeah. A&M buzz, the money that they got down there, people want Tamu to be good because of Johnny football, you know? So right. I, I think that's the crazy part is even though he was just there for two years, it was a <laughs> lightning strike in College Station, and they realized that, hey, man, we do belong in the SEC, and, and it kind of put their ass in gear to to start competing right and, and last thing i got shane i mean he's got his critics no doubt because there, there, there was wasted potential there was missed opportunities but all these people that hate on johnny football shane yeah i guarantee none of them were 19 years old had a hundred thousand dollars in cash had mm-hmm. you know every woman on campus after him hanging out with lebron hanging out with drake and i guarantee you i mean short of being a, a minister i mean everybody would have had issues in that situation. You know what I mean? Maybe not exactly to that level, but uh, anybody that, that that is, you know, calling him out for having a good time. It's like we joked with Billy Lucci. We were all doing it at at that age. We just didn't have the means and, and we were not stars, you know? Shit, we went out drinking that one night over in Nashville, Mike. I still got a headache, you know? Like, <laughs> he was out there balling the next day. So uh, it, it blows my mind just what he was able to – That you know, there's so many great games. I even think the yeah. first one – you asked what stood out. One of the first things was, you know, Texas, that was the first time Texas A&M was in the SEC. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He came out there, almost beat the Florida Gators. If it weren't for uh, that damn running back – playing you know i mean you talk about an effort but uh you know it's like when he says welcome to the damn sec or welcome to the f and sec you know that's i i think again he was that like we're coming over here and i think they had this mentality that they were just automatically going to fit into the sec and they realized they weren't there yet and and it kind of mimics what you you got texas and oklahoma you kind of wonder same thing they're going to have that moment when they're just punched in the mouth and say oh shit we got to play these teams every week you know i think there's going to come that with the fan base and and everything so i I just i I think it was pivotal to have him down there at that time and it's such a great story and like you said mike uh they could have wrote a three-part series to this easily and, and and i truly think that later in life you know if we look 20 30 years down the road this, this we're going to still get some great things from Johnny. Johnny's going to help some other people. I full I I totally expect if somebody lives a life like that, yeah. they can help some of these younger kids and mentor them and and help them, you know, make the better decisions. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're his story's not completed yet, brother. Now, well, one aspect Shane they didn't cover and for good reason, I guess, but the team that had solved Johnny football in college that was LSU, brother. They they went 2 and 0 against uh, Texas A&M during his two years there. So let's go 
right there. Natural. You see what I did there. Segway yeah. to Brian Kelly. That's right. On their march to what I think will be a national championship, Shane. But there was uh, some waves made this week because there was a, apparently a big fight in practice. Harold Perkins uh, got got in trouble. Malik Neighbors, star receiver. Kyron Lacey got booted. Had to go to the locker room for the rest of practice. And uh, you know, this is just stuff that happens in, in I this, love it. this time of year. And and uh, you know, Shane, I don't think people fully realize. You know, people that are freaking out. And anybody that's freaking out over this, they don't really understand football. But the best example, Shane, was 2019. And I'm not saying this LSU is 2019 LSU. That's that'd be crazy because I I truly think 2019 LSU is the best college football team ever played. Mm-hmm. But they had two alphas, Shane. They had Joe Burrow and they had, or excuse me, 2018 this was, 2018 Joe Burrow and they had an alpha by the name of Devin White riding horses yep. down there. R- rolled a horse in, yep. <laughs> they, had, they had a huge fight during one of their camps and, and apparently Joe Burrow and Devin White got into blows there and that was one of the tighter teams in recent SEC history that obviously went on and, and to the national championship the following year. So, you can't read anything into this being a negative. Um, it, this is just kind of this. This is the story of, of football and training camp, don't you think? Yeah, and, and anybody that's been in sports, period. Th- I think this is this happens. This happens all over time. It's just some there was a beat writer there that caught it, or somebody talked about it. You know, it's yeah. 10, 10, 20 years ago. This didn't get out. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I think my wife says it best: negative emotions better than no emotion at all, Mike. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd rather them be fighting than not giving a shit. And that's where they were for a couple of years, Mike. I think this program is 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 going to be hot tempered. They're going to get they're going to get on each other, but that's it mike that's competition you know and it's been a while since we've seen some good competition down there in lsu right and and that's exactly what brian kelly had to say is this is a teachable moment and that's kind of part of what camp is shane teaching these younger players getting them ready for the upcoming season after the incident yesterday on the the practice field you pulled harold aside and talked to him for a while what was your message to harold about uh, that answer we were talking about his nil um what I think he was trying to get a John Deere NIL, and I think the two linemen already have one. Um, and he thought that was probably a good idea not to get one. Yeah. Everything that, that happens out there are teaching moments, you know. I mean, every day. I mean, I, that's like so far behind me, you know, yesterday because they're 18 to 21-year-olds. And so this morning, there were so many teaching moments um, down here in this hallway, in this locker room that I forgot about yesterday. So, you, you know, you deal with what happens in front of you um, and you try to bring everything back to, um, you know, what your process is and what you're trying to develop um, in, in, in your program. And so... You know, there'll be moments uh, like that similarly in a couple of days that I'll have to deal with that maybe you won't see, you know. But every day's in, 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 in my life as a coach is a teaching experience, and so you better take your chance uh, to teach while that happens. And so we made it a teaching moment. Now, the, the other clip here, Shay, that really stood out to me from Brian Kelly been waiting to see this beast on back on the field. Mason Smith, 
And anytime, Shane, you're an interior defense alignment and you got that number zero, you got yeah. a special place in my heart for what you could do <laughs> on the football field. But of course, whoa, he's here. Mm. Mason Smith, Shane, six foot six, 315 pounds of yeah. just nightmare fuel for a quarterback. And you got to remember, he's lining up next to Makai Wingo, who was a third team All American last year. This is a big reason why I'm so high on LSU, Shane. You have stars on the interior of that defensive line. You could be truly, truly game wreckers and, and just disrupt any offense you face. Let's kick it over to Brian Kelly, who's asked about uh, Mason Smith, who tore his, uh, I believe it was his ACL in the first game last season against Florida State in his rehab process. No concerns here from old Brian Kelly. Uh, I was sort of curious with a guy like Mason Smith, how tough is it? How tough is it for a bigger defensive lineman like that to sort of gain, regain that confidence in his knee um, after such a serious injury? Well, I think there is a process that goes along with, with that. But I think a lot of that took place in the summer. Um, you know, we did a lot of, the players did a lot of player-led practices where, you know, he was involved in drill work and he was doing those things. So I think he vetted a lot of that out through the summer and so when he came into camp there hasn't been hesitation on his part you know it hasn't been feeling his way through it as much I'm sure there's going to be some you know feeling his way out when it's the first game you know any over a year but um in answering your question I think a lot of that hesitation has has diminished because of what he did throughout the summer Uh, he looks pretty darn good to me. Yeah. All right, Shane. So based on what Kelly had to say there, I mean, <laughs> man, this, this sounds like uh, Mason Smith going to be full go this fall. Oh, he's ready. Ain't he? He's ready. <laughs> I, I will say this, man. Coming off an injury like that, you're gonna you're gonna have a little hesitancy, and sometimes you just need to get hit. You know what I'm saying? You just got to get popped and realize that thing ain't going nowhere. Yeah. And, and they don't they don't make ACLs like they used to, Mike. <laughs> so this this kid's gonna be fine, and he and he's is a pivotal piece, brother. If LSU's truly gonna make that 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 defensive front has got to bring it right out of the gate. You know, with this Florida State and the mobile quarterback that they got down there, these guys are gonna have to be aggressive and and run stoppers and coming out you know week one so uh mm -hmm. this is this is good i like hearing this brother all right Shane, let's kick it on down next to auburn where hey we still don't know exactly what we're getting particularly on the offensive side of the football but we got hugh freeze we got philip montgomery who we've covered before some of the outstanding quarterbacks philip montgomery's coach including uh, rg3 uh, nick florence uh, Br bryce petty i mean on and on big 12 MVPs, Offensive Players of the Year, all he does is produce elite quarterbacks here, Shane. And the thing here that, that I thought was really noticeable, because throughout all these conversations, he's talking quarterback, he's talking the pace. You hear it time and time again, Shane. They want to go fast down there at Auburn, and this has got to be music to the ears of all them uh, Tiger fans down there after the last couple of years of what that offense looked like. You know what? Oh, yeah. Coach, you you and uh, Coach Freeze both have operated offenses that ran at a very high pace. Uh, or do you have aggressive goals for tempo uh, with, with the offense here at Auburn? 
Well, we do. I mean, obviously, we've got to make sure it's matching up with our personnel and, and what we're going to be as this football team, offensively, defensively, and special teams. But we like to play with pace. Uh, I think our guys getting used to that, that's a totally different um, way of playing offense than a lot of them are used to. And so uh, I think we're doing some good things. We've got to get set faster. We've got to get our eyes back on the sideline quicker. Um, and then we've got to really mentally rep that play in our head in a, in a manner that uh, when we're set, um, we understand what's fixing to happen, what's fixing to go on, and how to react to what we're getting defensively. And so that comes with progress. That comes with reps. I think our guys are doing a better job of it. But, yes, we would like to play that. All right, Shane, so they're going to go fast. Again, they're trying to be, you know, Tennessee, Ole Miss-like uh, at Auburn. and. Yeah. You got to look, and then last year, what Hugh was doing. I mean, they were tough and physical on the line of scrimmage at Liberty. Man, you mix those two together. This could be one hell of a, a fun offense to watch this fall. You know what? Trust me, guys. Trust me. I mean, it, look, you ask a Tennessee fan, Auburn fans. That's that's who they should be asking them volunteers because when you yeah. go from Jeremy Pruitt to Josh Hopple. You know, I don't care. That first year, you may look at it as not a successful season. Bullshit, man. It was successful because it was fun. And yeah. for once, you were fun to watch. And and I think sometimes we get lost that it's it, it's all about the scoreboard, man. Sometimes it's about entertainment too, brother. And Auburn is going to be entertaining. There's going to be some names popping up that you've not heard. I was looking at that little kid, uh, that running back. What's his name? It's not Beatty, but is it Batty? Is that how they say it? Batty, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this little this little bastard running around. I'm telling you, just guys like that <laughs> are going to be a pivotal piece of your offense. And then it's like a guy, that's a kid that would not get any playing time last year. And now he's going to be a, a focal piece in the passing game so i don't know just little stuff like that you you, you take to take for granted but it's, it's going to be fun it's going to be exciting and that's going to what that's what's going to keep you in just about every game you play this season is having the ability to put points on the board right and the parallels are very similar shane to tennessee like you said elite fan base a great home field advantage nil is is there recruiting is there but you also got George and Alabama, just like Tennessee. So, I mean, a lot of the same parallels. And I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head. As long as you're fun and it's ex- an exciting year one, and you, you don't have to win every game, although you, you obviously you'd love to, but you just turn that bad boy around to a 180 and jump off into what could be an epic, epic year two. I think that is a realistic plan what they should be accomplishing because we're sitting here Shane we don't even know who the starting quarterback is and, and yeah. we may be relying on a transfer and that is something else Philip Montgomery got into says it's way too early to call this thing uh and now maybe a little bit of coach speak here Shane but he's saying hey don't count out Robbie Ashford in this thing either that's that's something that uh you know I think all fans need to be paying attention to down here Philip Hughes said it would be about five days of kind of equal reps at, at QB and then and then trim things down from there. Uh, kind of what is your perspective on, on what y'all are going to do to maybe go back and take a look at things and then trim it down? And what are you looking for from them in the scrimmage on Saturday? Well, you know, I, I just want to see somebody take control and, and really, um, you know, take a step forward, right? Separate themselves. And, and that's what you're looking for in your quarterback position, a guy that's going to lead, a guy that's going to make plays. He doesn't have to be Superman. 
but he does have to be consistent in his play and his decision-making and taking care of the football and then moving us down the field and staying ahead of chains. When we do that, then we're always going to be effective. And so the quarterback that does those things um, at a more consistent pace will be the guy that's going to win the job. And so, uh, like I said, right now it's too early to call it. Um, I think they're all competing. I think they're all doing a great job of that. But uh, we still got a little bit of time, thank goodness, and then we got to figure it out from there. Where have you seen Robbie since the spring, his progression through the summer, and kind of what he's shown up these first few days? I honestly think Robbie has thrown the ball better uh, this fall camp. I've seen him progress in that manner. He's hit a good good sum of deep balls. Uh, he's been a little more consistent on his underneath stuff. Um, and that's an area that he wants to improve, and, and he's, got an, he's got a big arm. Uh, but it's the consistency of the fundamentals that kind of go into that part of it, and he's worked really hard on that. But uh, I think he has really operated. I think he's doing a really good job of trying to lead and be positive and do the things that we're asking him to do. And uh, he comes out. He loves competing. So he's going to come out and compete every day. When he pulls it down, you better hold on because he, he can do some things with it from that standpoint. So, But I think his biggest uh, progression has been probably in the throwing side. Of it. All right, Chase. So, I mean, hearing from Montgomery, I mean, are you, are you buying this at all? Do you think maybe it is a two-man race here or do you think he's just kind of – you know, coach speak and not wanting to, you know, let opposing defenses know what's coming. Mike, I think it is too. And, and, and nothing against Thorne. I've, I've seen a lot of video on him, but, yeah. you know, when I think of Hugh Freeze, I think of Malik Willis, you know? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and when I, I think the, the ability to be two-dimensional – there's not a better two-dimensional quarterback than than Robbie down there, and if and the only the only draw he had was was his downfield throwing, which is pivotal in quarterback. But I don't think he had a quarterback whisperer down there either. You know what I'm saying? And it could be a couple of stupid mistakes that he was making, and maybe he's watching film study wrong, or you know, just couldn't grasp the concept, or maybe they threw too much at him. We don't know what was behind the scenes there, mm-hmm. but you got a coach that has a track record of getting the most out of players, including quarterbacks. And so, yeah, I think you you'd be dumb to just say, as much as I hate quarterback controversy, I think you would it, it would it would. I don't know what the word is, but it basically dumb to just call a guy when you've got two capable dudes there that hasn't quite got off that opportunity to get off the ground yet. Right. And maybe not the perfect example, Shane, but look at LSU last year where at Auburn, where their offensive line is still very much a work in progress. Now, yeah. we've added a couple of transfers that we're very confident in, and, and they should slide right into the starting unit, but there's no guarantee, Shane that they're going to gel immediately right out the gate. Yeah. but And that's why I say LSU, because they were a weakness in the opener against Florida State. They were a strength by the end of the season. And if your offensive line is still struggling, maybe you have to play Robbie Ashford because he's so elite. He may be the only one that gives you a, a chance in some of these early season games before they get going. Maybe uh, Peyton Thorne is a little bit better of a passer, but – if, I'm not saying he's a statue back here, but it, it, he, he clearly is not the runner that Robbie Ashford is because Ashford may be you know, top two or three most athletic quarterbacks in the conference. So that may yeah. factor into their decision as well. Look at look at Georgia, man. I, I, I keep bringing that up. It's like, 
you got the mailman, you go out, you get JT, and you're, everybody's like, oh, this is the guy. He's got the arm, myself included. But then, you know, <laughs> that, that two-dimensional plays out, you know, and then all of a sudden now you got your hell of a quarterback. It, it's just, again, I think the mailman, I think it finally clicked for him and became that total package. And, and who knows, Robbie may be that guy. He just needs a few things to line up, and then all of a sudden he just figures out the game, and all of a sudden Auburn's got him another hell of a quarterback. Well, speaking of the total package, Shane, head on over to manscaped.com <laughs> where they got you the perfect package, gift idea, or just buy something for yourself and help the podcast tremendously by heading over to manscaped.com using that promo code SEC at checkout, 20% off your entire order and free shipping. That's international shipping as well, Shane. And what the item they sent over to us that we absolutely love, Shane, the Beard Hedger Pro. And they have a kit here, Shane, comes with shampoo, conditioner, oil, palm, and one hell of a travel case. Don't forget (laughs) that. I mean, this travel case will last you a lifetime here. We we really, really appreciate Manscaped.com, proud sponsor of the show, back for another season. You want to help out the pod, head over to Manscaped.com. Promo code SEC for 20% off your entire order and free shipping. And this information is in the show notes. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch. 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. All right, Shane, so Tennessee, we haven't talked about them in a little while here, and you know what they always have to combat on the recruiting trail, and you see it. I, I love seeing it, Shane, all over my timeline. This damn gimmicky BS <laughs> offense, you know, they, they're not that good, blah, blah, blah. Just led the country in scoring. Just won 11 games, won the Orange Bowl. I mean, that sounds like one hell of a gimmick to me, Shane, but uh, <laughs> that is the narrative that they're always having to face down there, and I love this answer. Kelsey Pope, the receivers coach, Shane, where he puts it simply, hey, defense, they're supposed to stop us, right? Our job is to beat them, and all we do is scheme up easy ways to get that one-on-one matchup. It works time and time again. Let's kick it over to him. Coach, you just mentioned this and made me curious. I think I think probably a lot of people, fans, are curious about Jalen and Cedric and them maybe being critical in the pre-draft people may be being critical of them in the pre-draft process because of the offense. And I think a lot of people, we heard about Hendon too. How much do you battle that on the recruiting trail? And, you know, same thing, how much, you know, validation is it that you've got those three guys in those last draft to point to? 100%. Uh, You know, I think what people don't understand, they try to just kind of make up, right? But it's my job as a coach to answer questions in the recruiting process, right? Like our offense, you know, puts guys in situations to win one-on-one matchups. Defenses are supposed to stop guys in those one-on-one situations, right? Like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day what the scheme is, what the play call is. Like, 
I'm giving a technique to beat a defensive player. He's giving a technique to beat me. If I'm beating him 10 out of 10 times, like I can translate that on any level. And that's what it comes down to. Now, guys have different skill sets. You show those in recruiting, right? Uh, guys are put in different spots. You show those in recruiting. But at the end of the day, you got to win your matchup. And that's what it is here. That's what those guys have learned to do. And that's what they showed on Saturday. And that's why they're successful in the league. And it's no rhyme or reason to why they're doing that besides, you know, it transitioned from what they did in college. All right, Shane. So, hey, he's dead on here, isn't he? I mean, fans and teams and opposing teams and all that, they can call it whatever the hell they want. If they can't slow it down, I mean, I don't care what they call it because Josh Heupel and them and the talent, you got to remember the talent just keeps getting better and better and better on Rocky Top. I don't know. I, I, I can't believe that uh, the people have not seen the light yet on, on what Tennessee's doing on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, and it's it's, it's almost like they – I don't know if we got to put a few more guys in the league for people to start <laughs> understanding that, you know, because <laughs> if you follow anything Giants-related, they are in love with Jalen Hyatt. You watch anything Browns-related, they're in love with Cedric Tillman. Mm-hmm. They're saying he's the – the best he's going to be the best upcoming rookie this year so i mean right. nobody says that coming from a gimmick they cut they they do that because they're seeing a specimen on their roster now doing doing amazing things that they learned at this university and i think that's the key mike what you're building you're, you're building young men to go to the next league and prevail so keep doing it keep doing that and you'll have no tr- no trouble on the, on the recruiting trail and i love these comments it's just hey man our one-on-one's better than your one-on-one. Right. And the secret of the whole thing, Shane, that everybody seemingly overlooks for some reason, great at running the football. And yep. they just had a top 10 pick on the offensive line. Who You remember that a couple of weeks ago, Shane? I, I guess he, he did the conditioning uh, prep wrong. He was doing it for the receivers. And he smashed it. I mean, he was the be- he was the best uh, lineman at Bears camp. Darnell Wright was because yeah. he was conditioning what the receivers had to be doing. But this is what Heupel and company are putting into the NFL, just absolute freaks, because they have to play at this tempo. And they're not only are they playing at this tempo, they're clearly excelling at it. And yeah. recruits are paying attention. They're getting five star receivers and quarterbacks. And oh, by the way, Shane, they go about three or four deep on at running back too. So yeah, you can question them all you want, but they're just gonna put up 40, 50, 60 points on you on Saturday. You know what? Yeah, and that's what I like about it. The recruiting starting to come back around, you know, they're they're not having to develop as much. You know, some sometimes, I mean, that's what Tennessee program has been was hey, we we're going to have to work on this guy for a little bit. Now they're starting to get some of those 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 younger talents that are ready to hit the field. So but but again, I think it speaks volume to what Hopple's been able to do with what he's what he's got. I mean, it, and and I'm not taking anything away from the kids. They had the ability. It's just they needed help unlocking that, and that's what the staff's been able to do. Yeah, and I think maybe the most impressive Shane is just the fact that uh, how they can take in guys and, and plug and play, take in transfers. I mean, we're just now getting to the point where we're playing almost across the board. Josh Heupel recruits, but we're, we're still not there because because they've had to take in so many transfers and not only have they taken them, they've taken them and taken their games to new levels. Yeah. That's what I mean. You should do up tempo when you come into town, <laughs> start working out and everything. They won't know what hit on my, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be like old miss though, faking injuries laying out in the yard and shit. 
<laughs> All right, Shay, let's uh, kick it all down to Athens next, where one of Kirby's secret weapons down there, and the guy that uh, our good friend Rusty Manziel says, hey, this is the next guy that's going to be a head coach that comes from Kirby Smart's staff, and that's, of course, Glenn Schumann, who he's turned down. You know, he could have been the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator. He said no. He could have been Florida State's defensive coordinator. And who knows how many other opportunities Glenn Schumann has had to leave Georgia and, and do it out on his own, so to speak, not be in Kirby's shadow. But, hey, like he says, man, the grass is not always greener. Big reason why, still in Athens, Glenn Schumann. Let's kick it over to him. Glenn, you touched on uh, opportunities that you had, not just this offseason, but other offseasons. I mean, ultimately, uh, why you've been working for Kirby in some capacity for a long time now. Uh, what has kept you from wanting to just see what's on the other side at this point? Do you envision that eventually? You know, obviously these opportunities uh, have been really good. So I always define there's, – there's a lot of ways to define quality of life, right? And – one, you're responsible as a husband and a father to do what's best for your family and their well-being. And my family's extremely happy here. Um, two, quality of life in this profession is generally tied to winning. And I've been very fortunate between both being here and at Alabama that we've been extremely successful. So I have a high expectation and standard for what I want to achieve in my career. Uh, beyond that, I mean, you I think a lot of men, women, people in general, like you could, people always talk about the grass isn't always greener. And when you look at it, there's been a lot of people who have been extremely happy and they tried to become happier and they ended up miserable. So, you know, I'm extremely happy here. I love the people I work with. I love the players that I get to coach and I love where I live. So um, there's a lot of reasons why to still be at Georgia. And two things on this, Shane. I mean, who's a better example role model if you will for this same thing than kirby smart who obviously worked under nick saban and right kirby had so many opportunities to leave alabama while they were winning all those national championships and he damn near uh, took a, a job he probably would have regretted at south carolina because then that's how he got the georgia job because they found right. out and they said well by god we don't want him going to south carolina We'll boot Mark Richt as popular as he was. We got to get Kirby. He's he's ours. He's he's our favorite son. So, I mean, you wait for the right time. I think that's a very, very valuable lesson, Shane. And there's a reason. I believe it's like the last three or four Georgia coaches that are no longer obviously there. They all live in Athens. Because same thing <laughs> Schumann's saying. It's a hell of a place to live. And yeah. why move your family from there if – there's no guarantee that the next spot you're going is going to be an upgrade. So Glenn Schumann, also, heck, I didn't even mention this yet, Shane. He's probably the best recruiter on staff, not named Kirby Smart. So he's got that going for him as well. But uh, he will be a head coach before long. And it's probably better for him to just wait it out, continue to learn. He's still a young guy. No need to just jump at a job and nope. you know, go when it, go when the time's right. Go when uh, when after you've left Georgia. Well, clearly he are, he's already left it in a better place than, than they found it. But yeah, they still got time to to uh, win championships down there in Athens. Well, and so much we spend so much time talking about what kids should and shouldn't do, and sometimes we don't talk about the coaches this way. You know, sometimes you can rush things, and and, and we've seen coaches do that. Lane Kiffin's a prime example. You know. 
just quickly went from this spot to this spot, got a dream job, went out there. He wasn't ready. Yeah. You know, Lane Kiffin has done a lot of growing up by making a bad, making some bad mistakes. So instead of making those bad mistakes, learn from people that have already done it, you know, and, right. and you'll know your opportunity will come. And when it comes, you'll be ready. Now, final thing from Glenn Schumann. I just thought Georgia fans would appreciate this, Shane. The elite standard of his bulldog defense, key to their success, don't matter how many guys they send off to the NFL and particularly the Philadelphia Eagles, it don't matter how many they send off up there, they remain elite in Athens, and it's because of this standard of excellence they hold on the defensive side of the ball. This is a program that has established a standard of playing elite defense like even when players leave, you keep that going. As a coach, how do you, how do you stay on top of that to keep that standard going? Well, the thing about a, a standard is that once you set it, you have to uphold it every single day. And so when we go out to practice today, we're not worried about the results that are going to come when we get to play our opponents this fall. We're worried about how can we uphold the standard today. We constantly measure things to hold guys accountable in terms of our results as a team defense in the prior day's practice. We show it to them when we fell short, okay, then – we have to be accountable to that and demand that we do better the next day. We, we chart things in terms of uh, individual measures of, of things that, that, that really matter to playing great defense. You know, the effort that you play with, you have to out-hustle people ultimately to play defense. The physicality you play with, you have to out-hit people to play defense at a high level. And your competitive nature that we were talking about earlier, you have to out-compete people. So the number one way we're going to uphold the standard, because schemes change year to year based on who your best 11 players are, best 15 players are, whatever it is, we're going to measure, did we out-hit people? Did we out-hustle people? And did we out-compete people? And if we do that, you're successful playing defense at just about any level of football. Coach, you just, just wanted to play that clip, Shane, because we were hyping up Tennessee's offense. So I knew all them dogs <laughs> out there listening were like, well, they didn't do shit against us. But, hell, no one's doing anything against Georgia. And that, that's why it was raining. So- <laughs> it was raining, Mike. It's not fair. You know that. <laughs> all right, last team to hit on here, Shane. We haven't been able to talk much Mississippi State. Been been hard to find some stuff. But one thing that uh, – some fans may have overlooked. Heck, I I even kind of forgot about it, Shane, so I wanted to bring it up here. This year, I think this is a new rule, Shane. They're, they allowed OTAs like the NFL yeah. where coaches – this used to be just players. I mean, you, the players had to go out there on their own and, and work out together. But this summer, they allowed coaches to supervise a couple weeks during the summer to implement uh, – you know, new systems and things of that nature. And apparently, according to Will Rogers, these OTAs were invaluable for all the changes on Mississippi State's offense uh, heading into the training camp to speed up that process. Let's kick it over to Will Rogers, who uh, talks a little bit about it. Two days of work. Uh, coach, your coach said this isn't real football, but it looks like y'all are trying to make it real football out there. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're flying around pretty good. You know, we're getting after it. We're practicing hard, so... Uh, you know, pads come on tomorrow, but I thought we've had two uh, pretty good days of work. How much retention have you seen from the spring with the new offense? I mean, a ton. You know, I think it's helped, like I've said. You know, having those OTAs uh, in the summer's really helped. And then, you know, having having a coaching staff that will meet with you freely whenever, you know, go over install, you know, whatever it may be. So uh, our coaching staff has done a great job of that. Talk about the OTAs and the value of those things because, you know, when you came in, they really didn't have them. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's awesome, you know, to be able to – 
you know, get out there with coaches, you know, uh, really coach the details, you know, how coach wants things ran on offense, especially with our offense. There's so much attention to detail, you know, a lot of different uh, formations, variations, motions, things like that. So it's good to be out there with all the offensive staff. All right, Chase. So I, we've talked at length at about Will Rogers and just his experience and, and the fact that it is a new system, but this is another thing with, with transfer portal, with rules changing to help teams like this that have veteran leadership but are going in a new system, will, it remains to be seen how much these will help, but certainly can't hurt. And and who knows, this may make it to where a new system like this, where there is very little uh, you know, time to, to, to get that chemistry because they had an opportunity to do that in the summer and not in fall camp when you know that's typically when you had to do it. Yeah, and I always thought it was kind of dumb that coaches couldn't be there anyway. Like, they didn't have any – you know what I'm saying? It's like they didn't have a camera in there somewhere watching. You know, they didn't have somebody <laughs> yeah. in there giving them direction. From It's like, why we play this game? Why? So, I, I think this is important, especially in a transitional year like they've had, to have those extra reps. We talk about this even with bowl games, Mike. You know, just making a bowl. Maybe you, you didn't have a great season. You only got seven wins or something like that. But you you pick up a lot more practice with some of the next class as well. So there's never enough practice, man. Right. And, and then one other, you found this one, Shane, so shout out you. But uh, defense alignment, DeMonte Russell here on just how physical this offensive line for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. This is something that I've been talking about recently, Shane. Ground and pound. They want to out-physical you. And hey, for as, as great as, as sometimes it was under Mike Leach, we kind of lost a little bit of that. That was the the edge they had under Dan Mullen when they were just you know rushing through people with I think a Nick Fitzgerald and Dak Prescott and all these yeah. great running backs they've had over the years at Mississippi State. We're going to be getting back to that this fall, as Russell tells it. And we we got some uh, mean, nasty offensive linemen down here in Starkville. We talked to Crumley about this um, a couple of days ago or yesterday, whenever. How different is it going against this offensive line now, knowing they're not going back on their heels and, and pass pro all the time? I'd say, man, it's, it's more physical. They know it's like knowing what we come to do. So it's like we already know what to expect. So we just compete each and every day. And um, I like to see them compete, and we compete. All right, Shane. So, I mean, that as an old lineman, that's got to bring a little uh, smile to, to your face. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, kind of what we talk about in Alabama. Sometimes you just want to line up and you want to hit somebody. And, <laughs> and, and we get lost in that, especially Mississippi State, having to go back and pass pro all the time. It's nice to lean forward and not back. So, so you got a hell of a running back. I, I think that's one of the things is there's just some – there's some dudes, man, that, that have been kind of under the radar. I'm looking at Marks. I'm looking at Will Rogers. You know, these guys are super talented. And, and I think we look back and, and, and talk about how great they were at Mississippi State one day. But I think this is the year they shine, man. I, a lot of people are getting lost in, in, in all these other teams and all their, their sexy names and playbooks and stuff out there. But at the end of the day, I think, I think Mississippi State's going to have something pretty special on offense. Mm-hmm. All right, buddy. So that's all I got on this episode. You got anything before we hop off the line? Nah, man. I'm getting ready for the big move up here, brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have us a nice little setup in there. And and uh, I'm looking forward to all the great content we can get out. So, again, listeners, that SEC podcast, I, I don't know how many times I've said it on the YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Uh, this live show is, is going to be new. 
uncharted territory for us, but we're going to learn and live together. And uh, I, I think it's going to be fun, brother. I really do because I I hate getting questions the next day. You know, right. it'd be kind of cool if we could like ask it now, and, and maybe that leads our conversation down a different rabbit hole or something like that. You're just as much a part of the show as we are, and uh, hell, if we didn't have you guys, we wouldn't be doing it. So I appreciate all the fans out there and all the support, and uh, I'm just ready to keep going with them. Absolutely. Well, buddy, I appreciate you as always. I appreciate all the cousins out there. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.